Hello and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. One of the key resources for many meeting planners is the destination management company that helps them select a location for their event, scout venues, and assist in almost every aspect of a gathering. When a planner needs local, insider knowledge, they lean on their DMC partner. But the halt to many in-person events that began last spring revealed the vulnerable position in which many DMCs find themselves and the disadvantages of their current business model. I'm Alex Palmer, Deputy Editor for North Star Meetings Group. How to overcome these challenges and the ways that meeting planners can help is the focus of the new white paper, Evolution of the DMC produced by the Association of Destination Management Executives International, ADMI. Drawing on industry research and focus groups, this report suggests best practices for adjusting the current arrangement between many DMCs and meeting planners, providing a way forward for a more open partnership that will benefit all involved. The full white paper is available at northstarmeetingsgroup.com backslash DMC white paper. On this episode of Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals, we spoke with two people instrumental in this effort. Lorenzo Pignati, ADMI president, as well as CEO and founder of Italy-based Terra Events, and Jill Tate, CEO of Corinthian Events and Newport Hospitality, a DMC network company, and a member of the ADMI focus group, Task Force. They discussed the ways the current business model often falls short and some simple measures that could create a better situation for meeting planners, DMCs, and above all, attendees. So ADMI is the Association of the Destination Management Executives International within the MICE industry. So it's the only association that is specifically for destination management companies. We advocate for the industry. We try to foster relations within the, the mice industry with the other associations. And, you know, we try to be the global voice of all these DMCs. We have members from all around the world. Especially during the past 18 months, it's been extremely complicated to really have a one single voice because the needs of the destination management companies in some cases are very, very similar one to the other, but also the destination plays a big role. And um, my role is 2021-2022 president, and I'm so happy. And it couldn't be more challenging, I think, for a president of an association to come on <laughs> in, in, this, in these conditions. But I have a great team, and Jill is one of them. Fantastic board of directors that help us, uh, that help me leading the um, association through this tough year. Jill, if you had any anything else you wanted to, to, to chime in with on that. I, I've been involved with ADMI for a super long time, sitting on the board and in the past. And currently, I sit on the accreditation and certification board where we have to make sure that every VMC has a destination management certified professional on their staff to be a DMCP. We love all of our acronyms. People do take a test. It's similar to the CMP exam, and it's a very serious and wonderful test to make sure that people really know their stuff. With the DMCP and the accreditation of destination management companies, 
really brings to focus the specifics of the destination management company. And, and then in this last year with the craziness that we all lived through, <laughs> we have had a focus group that has specifically been looking at what are the things that have been on the back burner or things that we've been talking about for a long time. We created the white paper that we're talking about and it's really exciting work that that has been long in the pipeline and this has allowed us the time to really initiate some long coming change to the industry. One of the, the, the takeaways from that white paper was, I think, right up top, the, the DMC industry is often misunderstood in the value, depth, and creativity of its services and the associated costs involved with delivering a program. So I'd be interested to hear from, from both Jill and Lorenzo if, if you can expand on that. How meeting planners should think about this? How do they tend to overlook DMCs when it comes to the value that they offer as partners? I, I can start. We are much like a design build firm, an architect slash builder, general contractor. And those are all uh, professional services companies, obviously, that, that know their trades inside and out. The DMC knows all aspects of what an event or program requires. And at a, at a much more detailed level, we are designing what the program will look like to make sure that it's aesthetically pleasing or exciting to the guest. And we're also designing the program to be logistically sound and very, very smooth so that the guests from beginning to end have no question about where they're going at the next turn. We know in our cities where construction might be taking place or what particular holidays and parades might be happening. We make it look so smooth that people <laughs> think that it's just done in a snap, but there's a whole lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and prior to delivering that program. Um, Lorenzo, I don't know if you had any other thoughts on that uh, before yeah, I, I move yeah, to the next question. Yeah, We are inclined to say yes. And, you know, yes to everything. Yes, yes, it's going to be done for tomorrow or for today or for yesterday. And, and the yes attitude is really very, very dear to DMCs. So that has brought us to a, a, to a business model that is hardly sustainable. So the main intention of this white paper is really to raise the attention again on some of these issues that have been threatening our industry for a long time and mining our business model. So this is also an opportunity. This is a tool for them uh, and for everybody to, uh, to have that conversation with clients, to really bring that topic again to the table and try to help them and the industry at large to really develop and to make sure that everybody has uh, a balanced uh, approach. That's really our hope our target. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we can dive into a few of those best practices outlined in the white paper that kind of help to mitigate some of these issues and the, the challenges that were spotlighted so acutely this last year. I would like to start by saying that a lot of focus has been put on the proposal development because very often DMCs find themselves 
uh, you know, writing, rewriting very detailed proposals without even having a clue if they will be selected or not for the business they're, they're pitching. So what we are trying to suggest that we shouldn't be selected only for the prices attached to that proposal and very detailed proposals should come only at a later stage. We should be selected for the portfolio, uh, for the past experiences and the case studies. I mean, you need to see what I as a BMC can do for you, but you should come to me already knowing what I can do for your event. And, and of course, we understand that there will have to be competitive bids very often, you know, two, three, four agencies, that's fine. But uh, what I think it's not really sustainable is when this bidding process goes on too long. The bidding process should stop a little bit earlier in the process before developing all the details and all the itemized costing of every little detail of the event because otherwise there's so much work. Uh, someone asked, but is, is that not your, your cost for sales? Is that not part of your cost? And I would not agree with that. We were spending so much time, a proposal for what might seem like a simple two to three day event in a destination with activities and dinners and things like that, that proposal can take in excess of 40, 80 hours. They might be bidding four or five different destinations. So there's just really an enormous amount of work, not just by the singular DMC, but, but by the full field. When the pandemic first hit, we were trying to recover as much business or as much financial financial commitments or not commitments as we could to take care of our losses at the beginning. And so we all had many, many proposals or programs that were still in proposal phase that had no letter of agreement or letter of engagement, no contracts. When we shared our time and told people an hourly rate that we typically bill out at, many of those clients were willing and ready to say, send me an invoice. We want to compensate you for that time. We also had the opposite and companies that said, you know what, we are all in a bad situation and nothing's been signed. We are not obligated and we hope to see you on the other side. Good luck. That time tracking piece became a really important part to mitigating our overall loss. And so that is where we really came together to discuss, okay, how can we make this better? And as Lorenzo said, that we really need to adjust to being selected based on our accreditation, our merits our designs from the past and having a conversation because we also all know the the client DMC relationship is very much a partnership and it's about relationships. You mentioned the letter of engagement and that's one of the best practices really highlighted in the white paper. Maybe you can explain that and why that's so critical for making this partnership work. We've always had a letter of engagement in our tool belt, but very rarely did we use it. And now we are trying to initiate this best practice of using the LOE 
after the first or second iteration of a proposal so that as we continue to do work, the DMC is guaranteed and protected for even the manpower or woman power that is being spent to create revisions and continue to design and dig into menus and decor and things like that. So the letter of engagement coming in much earlier in the process is going to really help have something in place. And I think one of the hard things that is going to come of it is that when the DMCs are in a bid situation and there's going to be some DMCs that are ready to stand strong on this new way to say, we're going to give you a maximum of two rounds of proposals, and then we need a commitment. And that is going to be challenging for some people. So through really good communication with the entire ADME family, we're really trying to get people on board with this best practice, because it's not just going to save one company, it's going to save everybody. Because when we got down to these lean and mean teams that we had to get to with, you know, some people ended with two people on staff, three people on staff, you know, our company, we were fortunate to, to keep a, a fair number of people, but we couldn't have sustained continuing to write extensive detailed proposals through the entire pandemic with our limited team. And that's really what the LOE is about to make sure that you're spending your resources on guaranteed work. Lorenzo, maybe you can talk a little bit about where site inspections can be a great opportunity to ensure a stronger partnership between DMCs and planners. Absolutely. It's a general consensus that as the, the request of, of, of our clients sometimes for the site inspections are a little bit off track. We're speaking about free services and DMCs, again, we fall short in communicating and in evaluating the impact that these site inspection can have on our business model. So once again, in the white paper, we're not being the bad cop. We're not saying, hey, you don't have to do free services anymore. <laughs> that, that's part of the cost of sales, right? Everybody does it. It's right to do it. And we will keep doing it. But there must be, again, a line. There must be a balance. There must be a, a, a equitable <laughs> approach. Otherwise, we're not getting out of it. So... We're not setting rules. It's not like a, a one size fits all. There's no secret formula. What mm -hmm. we would like to do instead is to, again, put some light on some of the aspects of the site inspection that put the DMC a little bit in trouble, if not well managed. And once again, give the opportunity to have that conversation. Let's bring it up. Let's talk it over. It's something that we've done for many, many years. There are some good uh, examples to follow. There are some bad habits that we have as DMCs and the industry has at large. And we just want to make sure that those are approached, discussed, and hopefully solved together. Mm -hmm. That's great. And any other thoughts you have, Jill, on, on how to rethink the site inspection? Or We 100% know and understand 
the importance of a site inspection, the importance of a face-to-face meeting when people are traveling in and an opportunity to show our cities. What is difficult, as I said, is to absorb that cost. And sometimes over a four-day period where the site visit comes in, there's costs for transportation, there's costs for meals, tour guides, and all of those things. And if you as a company have maybe a 30% chance of winning that business, it's a big decision if you want to spend that kind of money on the site inspection. It can be upwards of $10,000 in certain instances. So Mm -hmm. what we're looking at, you know, one is to make the selection process happen earlier in the process and that we also want that time but if we're up front with the communication to say that our policy at our company is this we will give you our time up planning and management and in-person time up to a certain number of hours and then all of the rest of the costs will be billed at cost. We also can get discounts and things like that from our vendors because we have great relationships and we're happy to pass those things along. And it really just comes down to good communication up front. And I think that what we're learning and seeing is that when we explain it up front and the planner fully understands what we're doing, they say, of course, we of Mm -hmm. course want to pay for those services, you know, with our, our best practices and sharing that not only within ADME, but with the planners, the planners will become more and more accustomed to this thought process and this way of doing business. Mm -hmm. So I think we've outlined some great takeaways for planners and we'll be sure to link to the full white paper, but are there any other best practices that should be kept in mind when it comes to working with a DMC? We we had one of our longstanding clients call us yesterday and they said, we're just calling all our partners to see who can help us because their planning teams have been reduced significantly as well. So if the planner also gets more strategic about how they solicit proposals, they also can save time. So if the planners can look at the specific criteria of a, and, and services and skills of a DNC and then make their selection early on, they also don't wanna read 10 proposals from 10 different DMCs And our proposals can be lengthy. Sometimes they're 20, 30 pages. So if everybody just tries to be a little bit more strategic in the selection process, everybody will come out ahead. I would just like to mention again the importance and and probably really the ultimate goal of this white paper as a thought-provoking tool is, is an opportunity for us to open a dialogue 
with uh, with planners. We're not complaining or we're not pointing the finger at anything. We're we're working together and we're just trying to make our business model more sustainable. Having the opportunity, also given by this pandemic, there's always a silver lining <laughs> and we've sort of reset. So now <laughs> as we start building back, we need to make sure that the decisions we take the business decisions we take are savvy and are based on solid foundations. So I think that having the meeting planners open to that discussion and being open to accept having that conversation would, would really be very, very beneficial to the whole industry. Really opening up that conversation, giving more transparency between both sides and ensuring everybody's as much on the same page as they can be. Transparency is a big word, Alex, and, and uh, very often it's linked to financial <laughs> elements. It's not a money uh, discussion, but it's really specific to how the business works, how the business model is, is, is set up. And so that we, we have to share that too, not only you know, open books and, and sharing with transparency the prices and conditions of our suppliers but th that, w that we've always been asked for, right? But this is one step further. We have to start to, to take one step further and share those concerns and th those threats that add stress and really mine the relationship at the beginning if we don't have that transparent relationship with your client. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Jill and Lorenzo, thank you both for taking the time to chat. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for hosting us. The full white paper is available at northstarmeetingsgroup.com backslash DMC white paper. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.